but welcome. We're so glad that you guys can make it tonight. I was like praying that everyone that could be here could be here. You may, you probably got blown in if you were coming from the South, right? <laughs> that was so, so weird because we usually don't have a South wind. We have a barn door that sits on the North side of the shed and my girls were trying to open it today. And I'm like, do not open that door. <laughs> it's going to fly off. But well, welcome. My name is Candace. If I haven't met you yet, hello. And I'm so glad you're here. Uh, this is my team up here, and I'll just go down the road. This is Shelby, wave, no, Aaron, Emily, and Christy. And I promise you don't have to be blonde to be on the team. Like, it's just kind of how it works out tonight. <laughs> you still look blonde to me, sorry. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> That's funny. Um... No, but we've got, we've got a fun, I feel like it's a fun topic. I, I think it's um, what we're talking about tonight, supporting the men in our life. I was very trying to be very intentional with the way that I worded our graphic in the title of tonight because I know that there's some married, there's some widowed, there's some divorced, there's some dating, there's some engaged, there's some that are like, I'm good, I don't need a man in my life. <laughs> like all of the different things, but no matter what, every single one of us has a relationship with some kind of man, not all in the same way in our lives. And I feel like that that is something that society, like in our culture, has tried to damper, emasculate, throw under the bus, you know, feminize the wahoo out of it and steal that. Okay, so we're going to go there tonight. But before that, I've got a little fun giveaway. I saw these flowers at the store, and I was like, I want to give them away to one of our ladies tonight. So I was going to ask, who has had a birthday in the last, like, week? Anybody? Anybody had a birthday in the last week? Okay, last two weeks. Oh, I thought you were going to raise your hand, Elaine. Nobody? Okay, who had? Does anybody have an April birthday? <laughs> really? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You? She has an anniversary? Well, I love that. Okay. Yes. Yes. Go for it. And she almost drove through flames to get here tonight. So she... <laughs> oh my gosh. Didn't anybody drive through Eaton? I guess there was like hay bales on fire that fell off a truck. Really? Yeah. Like right by the Sinclair in Eaton. <laughs> oh wow yeah that's not a good day for fire <laughs> any kind of fire pray for firemen like all the first responders yeah. out there like, right next to a fuel station scary yeah. all right well let's start off with um praying for tonight and then we'll kind of dive into it. So Father God, we just thank you for every lady that made it here safely tonight, God. And for those who are going to listen to this message later, Father, we pray just that the words spoken tonight, God, that they are um, spoken in freedom and they're spoken in healing and they're spoken in um, 
just obedience to your word and what your word says, Father. We just love you so much, and we pray that Holy Spirit would just um, just rest in this place tonight. We pray that um, Holy Spirit would speak words that um, just bring comfort and peace and um, would just maybe even open hearts up to what we're going to talk about tonight. And we just love you, Lord. We praise you that... Um, we just get to have that relationship with you and that we get your Holy Spirit, Father, and that that Jesus um, walks side by side with us, Lord. And we just love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, to be honest, I don't really exactly know where we're going to start <laughs> besides we've had, um, I talked to the ladies and I told them, I was like, okay, Here's what I kind of had envisioned for tonight is that every, each one of us has like different story of where we've gone, where, what we've experienced in our lives with Emily. Why are you smiling at me? (laughs) She's like, why you put me up in this chair and I don't want to be here. (laughs) Um, but each of us walk in lots of different roles in our lives when it comes to the men in our lives. I don't have a son, so that's where I differ from Shelby and Emily and Christy, right? Aaron has a fiancé? Boyfriend? Okay, sorry. What? Okay, well, we're praying for that tonight. Okay. Put a ring on it. Put a ring on it. He has to ask grandma. Oh, I love that. He's scared. No. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so we've all walked like different or we're all in different perspectives, I guess, when it comes to um, where we have relationships with the men in our lives. So um, Christy and I have talked a lot about this and she's been, hi, ladies, come on in. You're good. We just seriously prayed and sat down, so you're all good. Um, but anyways, so Christy and I have talked a lot about different things, and she has lots of resources for us tonight, too, <laughs> or for you guys to look into. I do. I brought some books. Yeah, I brought some books to give away. For Am I the only one that's using a mic? Because I feel weird. <laughs> do I need a mic? <laughs> Can you hear if I take it off? Oh, I got to keep it on for the recording. Yes, I forgot about that. Never mind. We got to use the mic. Get that microphone up there, Christy. I know. (laughs) We do. We got to keep her on. I do. I have some books. You want me to give them away now, or do you want to? Oh, (laughs) maybe let's, yeah, let's dive into it, and then we can. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So I'm looking at Christy like. You know where I would Go like to start? Can I just, can I just, can I, just, <laughs> yes, can I start there? Here's where I would like to start. And it's something that's, that I think changes the dynamic of, of any other relationship we have in life really, but it's the relationship with our father. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have whatever father you have. I had a crappy father um, and he knew that and we worked it out and everything was fine. Right. But um, I had a great stepfather but your, re- your relationship with your father dictates literally the relationship you have with every other man in your life, whatever that looks like. Like, um, say you had a great father, then you expect the other men in your life to act like him, right? Say you have a crappy father, then you 
kind of a, a little bit of a man hater for a while, unless you handle it differently than I did, because I was kind of a man hater for a while. <laughs> you might be a jerk because you seem to be like my dad. <laughs> so, but all that goes back to the, the way to fix that is to understand that God is our Father and He's not like them. He's better than the good ones, He's better mm-hmm. than the bad ones. He's um, never abusive. He expects us to mind and play by the rules, which is sometimes real difficult for me in particular. But, um, you know, and then there's discipline for that when you don't. So I think for me, the, the, the defining factor for me goes back to your father. But when you choose to be born again, give your life to God, however it is, whatever you want me to use to phrase that correctly, you are adopted into God's family and you are given the inheritance of the firstborn son. It says son, but it, it qualifies for us too as daughters, right? So you're given the inheritance of the firstborn. And when you understand that in biblical times, which I don't really understand either. I mean, I understand that's when the Bible's written, but I think we're still in biblical times, (laughs) but whatever. When you understand that completely, that you were given the inheritance of the firstborn son by your father in heaven, that changes a lot. Because, yeah, your earthly father's still important, and yeah, the men in your life are still important, but it can change your relationship with them when you understand that the relationship with God comes with love and power and anointing and discipline and all the things that create all those other relationships. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said that right or not, but that's no. how I feel about it. No, I think that totally. <laughs> <laughs> I said you uh, she's like, keep the mic. So I, I think the father, I think the father relationship is is crucial, and I don't think yeah. we can have a good relationship with any other man or any other woman, as far as that goes, until we get that relationship mm-hmm. dialed in. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Mine's obviously not perfect because if any of you all know me, you, you'll know that. But I think as long as we're working on that and striving for that and looking at that daily and knowing we're where that is, mm-hmm. I think that changes every other man relationship we have. Oh, yeah, totally. I agree. And I think what the Father teaches is about forgiveness and, mm-hmm. um, like, what love is and how he loves us regardless of our faults and our sins and everything that we've ever done in the past. It, that softens our hearts to where we can have healthy relationships with the men in our lives as well. Um, Come on in. (laughs) I'll just point you out. Sorry. (laughs) Come on in. (laughs) I think, I think that relationship, knowing that your father in heaven forgives you, you know, that like you said, like knowing what he actually does for you and that he provides everything you need, then you, you can understand that, you, for starters, that you don't have to have any other man, an earthly father or a, I mean, they're important and they're good to have around, but you don't have to have them to complete you yeah. um, because God has done that. And mm-hmm. so you can actually have a genuine relationship with them and not um, place extreme expectations on yes. them and and put things on them that they cannot provide for you. Yeah, 
-hmm. I mean, no earthly man, no matter who he is, your son, your nephew, your uncle, your grandpa, whatever, he can't do for you what the Father mm -hmm. can. Yeah, I agree 100%. And we usually learn that the hard way. <laughs> oh, I did. I know I did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that kind of goes into what we were talking about when we first got here, Christy, talking about um, like what we had for tonight. And um, Christy and I were kind of talking, and she referenced exactly what she did there. You're, you're having the full authority of the firstborn son when you're when you are born again. And um, my husband specifically, when I told him what we were going to be talking about tonight, he was like, I, I don't know, but you could pray for me for. He, my, what did he say? He had read something that, um, he's like, oh my gosh, that's totally me. It was like a personality trait thing. And it was something about being high functioning anxiety type personality. He's like, I function really well, like, but I'm anxious all the time. So that was something he specifically asked for prayer for. And like, he'll come in the door and he, he'll tell you, he'll come in the door and he'll just start barking orders. It's not like, hi, how are you? It's oh, pick up your shoes, pick up your backpack, help your mom with dinner. You know, it's like, wow. Hi, how, how are you doing? And he's, he specifically asked for a prayer for that. And he's like, oh, gosh, I just, I don't want to be like my dad. And that's what got us talking about, like breaking off that identity of from your earthly father and that earthly relationship and recognizing the rights that you have as that firstborn son and all that and the kingdom inheritance that comes with that mm -hmm. is really good. So yeah, that's what we'll be praying for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why you get sisters. We'll pray with you. Right. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I think that's good that he recognizes that, though. You know what I mean? And that's that's probably because you've given him a, you know, talking about how to support our men. That's because you've given him a safe place, you know. And I think that's part of one of the things we need to do with whoever the man is in our life. Like my son, um, we have to give them safe places to be able to. The world makes them be tough, and they can't cry, and they can't show emotion, and they can't do all these things, right? Well, that's society. That's not God. That's not what, you know. So I think, so props to you, Shelly, for giving him a safe place is all I'm saying. It's, it's, that's important because they need to be able to do their job mm -hmm. in this world too, and, and it's part of our job to give them that space to do that. Okay, so I'm gonna like plug what was the book that you told me that I needed to get him. <laughs> you have it sitting there next to you. I do. I have a pile of books. <laughs> Experiencing Father's Embrace by Jack. Christy Frost. doesn't make any income off these books. No, no. Sure. She's, no. she's just no, spent but, money on them. But I sure am a book pimper. If anybody's been to any Bible study, anything, I'm like, yeah, and this book says. <laughs> um, I actually listen. I drive a lot, so I listen to them on tape a lot. But. This book, uh, Experiencing the Father's Embrace, I think everybody in the world should read it. It's by Jack Frost, oddly enough. Easy to remember. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, something that God's been showing me with, I've been, I don't know why, I get brought to King David in the Bible all the time. And I feel like anytime I ever get to preach, I always have to bring King David into it. It's like just how it is. It's how my mind goes. And, um, something that God was showing me with David was that he was not afraid to show where he was struggling or where he was weak 
or where he was maybe, um, I don't, I don't want to use the word exactly deficient, but like he's a human, so he is deficient in areas. And where he, like, I mean, in the Psalms, like he's crying out to God, like, save me, help me, strengthen me, you know, um, bless my soul, all of these different things. Like he is constantly putting his weaknesses on display and with God. And I think sometimes I know that this was a revelation for me a couple years ago was that, um, my husband can be very stoic. Like if you've ever met him or talked to him, like he's a man of few words usually, unless like you really get to know him. And then he's like really pretty talkative and jokes around a lot. Yeah, that too. No, sometimes it's better if mine just keeps his words to himself. Yeah. (laughs) Or when he does speak, you're like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but there was a time where, I mean, he shared with me like that, what he had been dealing with. And it almost like freaked me out. Like, I feel bad that that's where it led me. But I was like, Oh no, if he doesn't have it together, I don't know how we're going to get through any of this stuff because I can't hold it together. (laughs) And, um, I feel like I'm echoey all of a sudden, but sorry, it's like, I'm in a hole. (laughs) Um, but I think as women that, allowing, I'm glad that he was able to share it with me because I feel like sometimes as women, like our number one need, like if you read in any marriage book or anything is that women need security. Like we like to know that (laughs) Lane looks at me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But we like to know that like we're not going to lose our house or we're not going to, we're going to have food on the table at night. Like those are things that as a woman, I know that I like, <laughs> sorry, I'm always over here. She's just so cute. I know. But I love that. Um, I love knowing like that is something on my heart. And I know that men are more of the, what did we talk about? Christy? Um, like the provider and the fixer. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the other need that it's in, it's in a bunch of marriage books that I've read, but now I'm like, it's facing me. So, I uh, apologize. Yes. Yeah. Those things, mm-hmm. those things. But anyways, where I was going with the whole weakness thing is that letting them know that like, Hey, that maybe freaks me out for a little bit. But like when we are able to take that to our father as well and to lay it at his, his feet and to know like, hey, God, no matter what, like you've got this and you've got us and we're going to get through this, like was huge for me. It was huge revelation for me. Well, what's the verse of praying, wife sanctifies a husband mm-hmm. or something like that? But that, I, like I get that it says a praying <laughs> wife sanctifies a husband, but a praying woman sanctifies a man. Because you can pray for your, like, that's what I, that's one of the points I want to get across. I mean, the husband-wife relationship in the Bible is is a very big part of it. And he means what he says about it, of course. But it also, it also relates, you can take that and relate that to any man of your life. You know what I mean? Any man in your life. A praying daughter can sanctify a, a father, too. I mean, how many daughters have prayed their fathers into um, being born again? How many sisters have prayed their brothers into being born again. How many, um, friends have, like, I just had a friend in the hospital with COVID and 
I would go in every day. They would let one visitor go in a day. And I was like, God, here's the deal. He doesn't know you, and I do, and I need him to live because I really don't want to live without him. So I'm just going to be bossy, and that's where we're at. <laughs> so if you could, if you would, this is what I need. I need you to – but I would go in every day, and I would put my hands on him, and I would pray for him to see Jesus mm-hmm. because if he was healed, that was great. But if he got healed and saw Jesus, that's a soul, mm-hmm. right? And so it's not just a praying wife sanctifies a husband. It's a praying woman sanctifies a man. And, yeah, that's Christie's version on the Bible. So that will be in print later. But um, it, it's, it's, all, it's all men. So when you read those words, you can apply those to your sons and your uncle, everybody. Yeah. That's my heart. It, mm-hmm. it applies to everybody. Mm-hmm. Do you have something, Erin? You opened your Bible, girlfriend. <laughs> Well, um, so for those of you that, I guess, don't know my story, um, I grew up with the best mom and dad, but my dad, he worked overseas a lot. So he was, you know, very supportive, but he was never really there. Um, and I actually, I we still don't know why, but I grew up terrified of men, probably until I was, like, maybe in high school. I always had a female teacher. All my doctors were female, like, literally terrified for no reason of men um so once i got into high school and then into college i was in um, what i thought was going to be like my high school sweetheart relationship we were going to run off get married all that um and it ended up being actually a pretty abusive relationship so that ended and then this you know kind of started a whole new era of being headstrong independent um you know like you guys said I don't need no man, that kind of attitude. (laughs) I could fight, you know, fend for myself. Um, And so what I wanted to kind of bring into this conversation was kind of the companionship part of it. Um, For those who, you know, same thing, maybe you're headstrong or you're just, you're not needing that um, significant other from a man because that's how I lived my life for so long. Um, I ended up meeting Colton July of last year. And it was a thousand percent a God thing because I was adamant that I was never going to get married. I was just running for God. And then he put Colton in my lap and I was like, okay, well, this is a surprise. Um, But I have always been the person that I have gotten along with guys as friends better than girls. And so I found this first and I know it mostly has to do with Adam and Eve, but I think you could still kind of take it to friendships or family members. Um, Genesis 2, or 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper corresponding to him. And I have always been the person that, you know, I think we're called as women to just be there for men. And like you said, Colton's very stoic. He never shows emotion. When I first met him, he said, you will never see me cry unless it is something that's, like, very serious. And I've only seen him cry once. Um, But I think just being that that rock that, you know, men can lean on, whether it's just, you know, friendship advice or um, someone who prays for them, who, you know, sees what they don't see. Because a lot of times we think differently than, than they do. Um, and maybe it's, you know, the Enneagram 2 in me that I'm a helper. I want people to live their best life. Um, or it's just, you know, finding out people's different love languages. I think as women, we're called to 
not be, you know, in a relationship where we're the leader. Mm -hmm. Like Shelby said, I do think that men, you know, kind of have that role, but there's nothing that says that we can't still be that strong rock that, that men need and they deserve because a lot of the times they're, they're not going to tell us things unless we, you know, kind of poke them a little bit and have that comfort space for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, something when you said that and said that we can be that helper and I was just reminded today is that we that helper that role that Eve was like created for or woman was created for um they're not meant to be their holy spirit they're not meant to be their savior they're not meant to be um any of those roles that the Father and the Holy Spirit and Jesus are in either. Because I don't know how many times I've been told by, like, my spiritual mentors, like, hey, stop trying to be Jesus to that person or stop trying to be Holy Spirit to your husband. (laughs) And I love what Lynette says, and she's like, I would make a really good Holy Spirit. (laughs) And she always does it with her hands like that, too. Just make a really good Holy Spirit. But, spirit fingers. I know. <laughs> spirit <laughs> but something that, I mean, and I've got the biggest mouth when it comes to, like, talking to Cody about, like, well, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? Or I just have, like, such great advice, you know? And he is, like, Candace. And he, like, I've told people, I'm like, I don't know what it is, but he, like, he will do the opposite of anything that, like, there is no, I don't want to call it rebellion outright, but he is, like, more rebellious than he is in line with anybody's expectations, usually. So I've had to learn to work around that. But I also wanted to um, touch base because Shelby and Emily have young men in their houses. And then Christy has a grown son. And I wanted to go from like those, those little men up to what it looks like as having a grown son and kind of how, you know, like I know at this age we're like trial and error and like, how are we doing this and all of that. And Christy's been through that and is in this new season too. (laughs) So last at one o'clock in the morning he called me at one o'clock in the morning and i answered the phone because it's your kid and you're like oh my god are you dead no you're calling me so you're at least alive so you go through all the things right and his question was mom 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 <laughs> I yeah mom. he goes i just sat up in the middle of the night puked across the room oh god how do i clean that up <laughs> oh. and how old is he 26, (laughs) 26, but in his moment of crisis, I got mom, 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 how do I clean? I said, with some paper towels in 409, like, I, I don't know what you want me to say to that, but thanks for the call, bub. He lives in Pueblo. I'm not going to clean up the pew. So it doesn't change from the time they're two to the time they're 26. That's great. You have young sons. (laughs) Um, I guess the biggest thing for me right now is like you talked in the beginning right now, there's a lot of like building your daughters up and it's huge right now. Mm -hmm. Girls are 
queen and they're all these things, which is, yes, so true. But when you have both, I have a daughter and a son, it's really hard. You want to make sure that you're building them both up. You know, you want a little prince and a princess, you know, (laughs) and just teaching them to be warriors. And I think right now there's a lot of weird, you know, the identity and the genders and the labels and all the things that they seem to have to have. And it's trying to keep them centered. I I homeschooled them for a year and now they're back in school and luckily they've done well. I haven't had anything weird come up, but just trying to teach them all the different, I think the one day Eli came home and was talking about gay and I heard gay today and I don't know what it means. And, you know, trying to talk them through that because I think you want to shield them from it instantly. Like we're just not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about this or the genders or the things. But then I told my husband, I said, you know, we actually do need to talk about these topics. So then they hear it from us and they have something to back it up against instead of just going at school and some kids talking to them about it. And that's the only opinion they get. Um, and then going to the Bible. That's one thing I was never good at when I was young. I didn't have the Bible as a, my parents were like, yeah, there's a God. He's cool. You should like, yeah, he's cool. <laughs> and that's all I knew. So for me, it's teaching my kids to be able to have that to turn to, and especially Eli showing him. Um, I wish I could remember. I gave him this verse. I have a verse for each of them that I um, put in their room, and they I make them say it every night. Just to um, my daughters, it says, um, "I do not fear because I am His." And my sons is somewhere along that lines too, because um, he's always been kind of the tender-hearted, more kind of scared, timid kind of kid, and so. Um, for me, I told them, you know, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. And so we've talked about that. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just teaching them things that I didn't have when I was young. Um, and that support of, you know, it's okay to be that strong man and you can have the feelings, you know, we talked like you can be able to come talk to me and be their best friend and be able to bring things back. And I think making things that open, like you said, the safe place, you know, making things safe to where they can come home and talk to you about those topics they hear at school or the things they get into in different areas. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you have with that? Communication for sure. Yeah. Uh, there's been numerous times when, um, court, my oldest, he's 10, that he comes to us and just kind of brokenhearted or lost, frustrated. You know, I don't feel like I have any friends. I want to, you know, someone I can't even remember kids calling him names and stuff like that that we just really had to have some in-depth conversations and remind him who he is and Mm -hmm. who God says that he is and that he's he's kind of my sweet nerdy bookworm snuggle with mom kind of kid and then the little one he's just rowdy and he's just here to tear things up and so learning their individual personalities and their individual strengths and how to pray over those Mm -hmm. is kind of where we're at with that and same like you said having the discernment when they come home with certain things from school or wherever that they've heard that they want to talk about being available and just being open and honest that's been huge for us in communicating with the boys um, from a very young age, just never treating them like babies. They have the same Holy Spirit on the inside of them that we do. And, you know, they can handle a lot more than we sometimes give them credit for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just trying to remember that when I'm speaking over them. And right now specifically for court, he has demonstrated over the last several years that he really has a heart for special needs kids. Mm -hmm. And he has already decided 
in his heart that he wants to be a special ed teacher. Mm, and so cool. like speaking that over him, praying that over him, giving him opportunities to, you know, have, have his super power for his super friends around mm -hmm. him and just love on him has yeah. been huge for nurturing that in him. So we got to keep doing that for him too. So I love, oh, yeah, go. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, as far as books go, a friend got me a while back. It's 31 days, 31 days to pray for your son. And I think they have like a husband one and it has like a guided prayer. And then it has like just a notebook area where you can write. And that's been super awesome. One to have the guided prayer because I'm not always good with my prayers. It's very like blank sometimes. And uh, so it's nice to have that guided and then the notes. And I know there's a husband one. I'm sure there might be brothers and mm -hmm. all sorts of other stuff. But I think yeah. it's super cool to look back and see mm -hmm. Kaylee oh, yeah. Peterman actually had told me that a couple years ago she had wrote in hers something about a friend for her husband, just something to support and have fun and all those things. And so she had told me she looked back on it and she was like, I didn't even realize that I prayed for that and it was answered. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you don't realize that prayers have been answered yeah. because you've maybe prayed them 10 years ago over your husband mm -hmm. or your brother or your dad. And, and it wasn't instant. It was no, over no, time. Yeah, it was so a couple years. Yeah, that the they, patience definitely has happen. to be there. But yeah. she said it was so cool to go back and look at that That's and cool. be like, man, mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that was that answered. is really cool. Yeah. 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 As moms of boys, I wanted to ask you this. Um, do you feel like our culture has made it that it's not okay to be a boy anymore? And like, I say that because I feel like feminization of our culture has like kind of overtaken it Ta or kind of stepped out of its boundaries a lot. And like, yeah, Christy, Christy's like, give me the mic. And like, no, I just, I was just thinking about it the other day. Cause I don't have boys. I have two little girls that do not wear dresses. Do not call them a princess. Do like, they are what we used to call a tomboy, but I guess that's like not even the right term, but I'm still, that is what I would, you know, I don't even care about the stupid label, but that's what the stuff that they're into, you know. The sad thing and I'm like, is for parents, some are like hyper noticed to all things. You yeah. Know, like, oh my gosh, he picked up a doll. He he might be a girl, you know. And some parents are causing this confusion, or people in their lives, teachers, all the things. There's all this confusion going on oh, right yeah, now, for sure. And so I think that's the biggest thing as a parent to try and keep your kid lined up with not everything that the world is saying right now. And I do yeah. think it is, it's hard for them right now. And there is a lot of mm -hmm. push for this feminine culture, which in a way it kind of needed to come that way a touch because I think back in the day you had men that like, there was no crying, there was no showing emotion, there was no, mm -hmm. none of that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think there has to be, yeah, you have to be able to show that, but then you can also be this masculine man at the same time, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Whereas now if a kid shows that or shows anything, it's like, yeah, they're well, going the opposite direction. That's why I brought up King David because like, I mean, in all instances, he was a very manly man, but then he broke his heart open to God. And what he brought to God was very like heartfelt and vulnerable. But yeah, sorry, just a thought. I was thinking about it. Um, my son's 26 and I, most of you have probably seen my boy at some time. He's a large feller, <laughs> and he's got, a big, he's got a big beard. 
big he's a big burly guy and he typically smells like diesel fuel um like i think that's his clone we, we've discussed that a few times it doesn't seem to change so apparently he doesn't care what i think but yeah uh, but in his world um because he is a little bit older he's 26 and the 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 feminine movement and i might step on some toes here and i'm really sorry if i do but uh we'll talk about that later uh I'll be more than happy to talk to you about it. But I, the feminine movement for my son, the I can do anything you can do better attitude has pushed, uh, I think it's pushed too far. For starters, this is Christy opinion. Okay, so let's take it as Christy opinion. And it's not always right. But I think it's pushed a little bit too far because the women and the in his generation, I guess, they think they can do anything he can do better. And... For starters, you can't. You can't pick up what he can pick up. You can't. You're not designed like he's designed. All the things. And I get that. But for him, he's very kind-hearted, like you were talking about. Like, he's like this big teddy bear. And for him, he doesn't want to push back. He doesn't want to push back to take his rightful spot as a man in the kingdom. He doesn't, because, he, he, you know, he's been trained his whole entire life not to push women. And not that he would actually push one. He wouldn't. Um Anybody that was unfiltered would know that. But anyway, um, but he tends to now back up and let women boss him and let those things happen, which is fine. And there's a time and place for everything. But it's created this weird dynamic of men can't get in their rightful place because women are there. And until we as women get back in our spot, then they can't be where they're supposed to be. So it's a very confusing dynamic for him. I don't know that I said that right at all, but it's really hard for him. Yeah. You know, I mean, not that it's just, it's tough. Mm -hmm. It's tough because he doesn't want to fight a woman for his place as a man. He doesn't. A lot of them don't like, I don't, I don't know if they, they want to. Because I don't know if they even know that they're not in walking in that spot that God had designed for them to walk in. And I say spot, but like the role, the like, yeah, the position. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know when the feminine movement started years and years and years ago, yeah, right? It was like right after World War II. Yeah. So this is, I, th- I feel like this is part of the repercussions of that. And I oh, think yeah. as, as his mom mm-hmm. to support that. I, I try to, you know, tell him where God says men should be. And, and we talk about the Bible and we talk about his authority and his anointing and, and what that looks like. And it's, it's really hard because then he'll go out and he'll try to be, not that he's trying to be tough because, you know, the lavender was aggressive. But um, <laughs> he, he will try to do that and he gets pushed back even by girls he's dated or something. They will push back and they're like, well, no, I said, we're doing this. And I was like, "Mm." (laughs) you're about to awaken the mama bear. Yeah. But he has to find that way. And I think in support of men and our sons in support of that, like I can't be mama bear anymore. He's 26. I can't be like, okay, you're not going on a play date with her, (laughs) you know? So you, you, it's a completely different it's a completely different world like i don't have to drive him there anymore right like he drives himself to well <laughs> that's weird man 
I don't know. But you know what I mean? It's a completely different world of trying to lead him through that. Who has a son? How many people in here have sons? Uh, I don't know you, so here. (laughs) That's Samantha. I just met her. Um, So that's a book on praying for your son. Uh, I have actually read that book a number of times. It's great. Uh, But I think as they get older and as they grow and... um, you know, when they come home from middle school and they have problems, like you can't be at school with them anymore. And I think that's, I think that's one of the things we're talking about, right? How do we support that? And how do we, you know, what is our role in their life as their mom? Because you're not, it's not simple anymore. Mm -hmm. And the decisions he's making now are life altering. Not that, not that they're not, well, they're not life altering when they're little, you know what I mean? But at 26, his decisions can be very life altering. You know, he can produce babies mm-hmm. and he can, all the things you like, he can marry the wrong person and which I've been there. But so it's the guidance at that level is, is, um, so different mm-hmm. and it's tough because you want to tell them what to do, or I do. I want to be like, I have been there, and you really just kind of need to run. But then he doesn't learn his lesson. You know, yeah. you have to, you have to, like, we go to the Bible a lot. We talk about that, and, and we talk about just how, how one of the questions I ask a lot is, how do you think that's going to affect tomorrow? Or not tomorrow, maybe next week, or maybe next year, or maybe five years from now. How is that decision you make right now going to affect that? Because I think God always wants you to look a little bit forward when you're making decisions. And that's why I think he asks us to be so mindful of of what he calls us to do. But praying for the older sons. How many have older sons? Yeah, I think praying for the older sons is very tough. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not, but it, it's a completely different dynamic that I didn't see coming. Hit me like a bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's a lesson in forgiveness too, right? Because you want to get mad at them when, you, when they don't do what you say and then they come back to you and they have a problem. You're like, yeah, well, if and that isn't that consequence of your own actions but you can't you have to be forgiving right because we've all made mistakes and god forgives us for everything so i think it's an exercise in forgiveness i think it's an exercise in um yeah 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 it's it's a lot different and and i was unprepared to be honest i was i was really unprepared for what it was going to be like to be there but not be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a completely different, and it's that way with my girls too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just sons, but I I think with the dynamic of the way the world is and and the men's place being taken by women, it's it's super hard these days. Yeah, um, something that I was reminded of when all of you mamas were talking about this is that the the men that are getting raised my little girls are going to be 
dating them. They're going to be marrying them. And like, I pray as a mom of girls, I've been praying for their future husbands since they were like that size. And all the mamas that brought their kids in here, like you guys are good. Like I just like bring them in. Like, yes, we don't mind at all. So I just want to let y'all know that. Um, But I, as a mom of girls, like I am praying for your sons and I'm praying for the men that you're raising because in this world that we're living in, I feel like they are under attack so much. And it brings me to a story. I remember when I worked for this family at a store, it was before I had kids and, um, the mother, she was, they were the owners of the store. She got a call from his, from her little boy's school. And, um, you could tell that she was just like, crying. She, she got off the phone and she's shaking. She's like, Candace, I've got to go to the school like right now, like something really bad happened. And I mean, I was like, Oh my gosh, like did, was there a shooting? Like what happened? What basically happened though? And it, it was, I'm, it turned out good, but they went, she got to the school and her little boy at recess, he had taken a jump rope and he had whipped this other little boy with a jump rope. And I mean, he was facing like expulsion. Like it was like major things. But what had happened is this little boy, the, uh, the little boy that he whipped was bullying like very meanly a, another little girl and was being super mean to her. And that was what he, <laughs> her son used. And that, yes, he should have maybe used words. He should have went and got the teacher. But I'm continuously reminded that, yes, we need to raise them to use their words and to, like, walk in that authority. But they need to also be able to back it up. Like, let's stop raising kids that don't know how to back up what God's, yes, we can talk. But we also need to, like, back it up. I don't know why that came up to me. But I just remember when she came back and she goes, I was proud of him. Like, I'm sorry. I know that he hurt that little boy and that there's going to be some welts. But like, after we got to the bottom of it, I know why he did it. He's been telling me about this little boy being mean to this little girl for a long time. And he finally had had enough. And that was the weapon of his choice. And I'm just like, man, like, you know what? Like, I'm so proud of you that you were able to like see that and you guys got to the bottom of it and he didn't get expelled because the principal was like, okay, you know what? Like we have like a no bullying and he wasn't exactly bullying the kid. He like just handled it. But raising our children to learn how to handle stuff too. Um, but like, I want my daughters to, to date and marry men like that. Like, that they can handle it and that they're not ill-equipped for this world that we're bringing them up in. Because I know a lot, I know so many young girls that are like, I don't want to bring kids in this. It scares me to death. I don't want to bring kids into this. And I'm like, I ran across the quote the other day. It's like, where there's dragons, like, bring in the dragon slayers. Like, we should be raising dragon slayers. And for all of us moms who are like, and I don't know what I'm doing. Like God's word is so good. And it's so, it has everything that we need in there. It has biblical, or it has men and women that did it right. And they're still human, but they made good choices. And they had these characteristics that God had empowered them with. I feel like Christy has something she's been like. Well, it says, 
The Bible says um, that <laughs> I hate this thing. Um, the Bible says that, and I was looking for it, and I'm struggling finding the exact spot. That's what I'm struggling for. But it says that we as mothers are supposed to point our children toward Christ by praying for them, modeling faith and character, and training them in wisdom. And if we don't walk that way, they're not going to learn it. Mm-hmm. This all goes back to, I mean, I'm not saying we have to be perfect by any means, because clearly if you've met me, not. Um, so, but but that's what we're supposed to model for them. It, it goes back to what the Proverbs 31 woman, I mean, isn't that essentially... That's the big verses in the Bible about what God says, you know, a woman should be. But if we're modeling that to our sons and to our, any men, it goes back to any men. I hate labeling the men. Yes, he's my son, but he's also his sister's brother. And he's going to be a dad someday. And then he's going to be a grandpa. So Mm -hmm. he's not just one thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He's going to be a husband. He's all the things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Well, and I keep, I keep thinking like, who we surround them with, whether it's our husbands, our brothers, our dads, or who they surround themselves with. We need to be praying for Mm -hmm. those role models, those counterparts at work, the people that they're leading and directing, the friendships Mm -hmm. that they have, like just the people that they encounter. Or, you know, like I think of the wrestling gym that we go to and that whole family just walks in so much integrity and honor and all the dads in this church that serve and the other young men in this church that they see in the classes ahead of them. And like, I'm looking at Kirsty, like I called out something in Trayson like a few months ago and was just like, man, I'm just so proud of the way you handled yourself at that wrestling tournament. And just to be able to speak life over him was like an honor for me, but I like Holy Spirit just moved me to do it. But like, we need to be able to be comfortable, especially in this house to be able to call out those giftings and those things that we are proud of in our young men and the guys guarding the door and in our pastors and Mm -hmm. the guys on the prayer team. Like that's like all of that. Like we just need to be able to call out those giftings and and put them in a position of like a role model. Yeah. So, so many times we feel like that that's like, well, that's not my gifting or, but no, but we're all, for the given. edification and the building yes, up. Yeah. We're all, and I mean, us complaining about the weather, the wind, or my kid never picks up his toys, or they never work hard at this or anything like that. All of that is prophecy. Mm-hmm. It's prophesying over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And they hear it. They hear how you talk about them to your friend on the phone. They mm-hmm. hear about it when, how you talk to your husband about them, mm-hmm. these little ears. They hear those things. So, and I am so guilty of not speaking the right way that I should or what I want them, like speak that over him, mm-hmm. speak it and pray and what, how, impa- how powerful that and what, is. And what it, was it Paul that but he's, he even said, Paul says, I think it's Corinthians when he's like, I wish that you would all prophesy more than anything else that you would edify, mm-hmm. that you would build up, that you would have yeah. encouraging words, like uh-huh. more than praying in tongues or any of the other gifts of the spirit that that prophesying and that building up. Yeah, would be the number one gift that we have. Mm-hmm. So there's life and death in the tongue, right? God makes that very clear. There's life and death in the tongue, and that goes for <laughs> stop. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, I'm not sitting next to you ever again. That's it. That's it. I'm, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going home. Um, life and death in the tongue, right? And that goes. What we speak over our children, and what they pick up, like you said, that that can go four generations. Mm-hmm. So what we speak over them and what we prophesy over them can go four generations forward. If you look back and everybody's like, oh, well, my dad did this to me. My dad did that to me. Your son, who is held court, 10. 
he's going to be a dad mm-hmm. and he's going to do something to his children. Yeah. Mostly require therapy, but <laughs> my, 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 my need therapy too. So it's good. Yeah. But it, but it literally goes for generations mm-hmm. because as a grandpa, he's going to have that same role. And so mm-hmm. what you speak over your children and what you prophesy over your children is, is vital. Yeah. And, and what we point out too, like when we want them to change something, this goes for in marriage and raising sons and everything too, calling out what they're doing good mm-hmm. should be mm-hmm. utmost important to us. And when they do and be in telling them specifically, like, man, I love that you did that. I love that. I don't know that you filled my truck up before you brought it home. I love that my husband did not do that today. That you but didn't yell no. at me working cows. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. That you didn't yell at me working cows. I know. So. Yes. <laughs> There's so much that I think we as women, and I mean, God specifically talks about it in Proverbs. Like women are known to nag. Like we are really good at that. Like that is just our, like it's something that we fall into very well. We're, and so, and I define nagging as finding the fault in every single thing and then continuously talking about that over and over again. So when we can learn to point out the thing that is that they're doing good or the thing that they're doing well or the thing that is helpful to us, when we need to call that out more. So that's basic psychology. When you start talking and pointing specifically out to them what, like, I love when you do it, like, when you unload the dishwasher. I don't know. All these things. I'm trying to think not just marriage-wise, but, like, all of these different things, they do them more because they like to be honored and respected, and that's a very, my husband's totally affirmations Mm. and, like, his love language. So I know that that goes along with that. I don't know who I don't know who said that, but I'm coming after you. Uh, it says the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to shame to his mother. And it's not your way you're teaching him; it's God's way that you're teaching him. You have to keep that in mind when you're. But discipline, I mean, you can't. It can go overboard too. You know what I mean? Sometimes they need disciplined. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you. I'm not arguing oh, that. But yeah. I've seen oh, cases, yes. I've seen cases mm-hmm. where they just get away with murder and they're, everything they do is good. And I'm like, no. No. Yeah. Pretty definitely sure balance. Oh my gosh. No. And <laughs> I'm know? not, yeah, yeah, I'm not advocating that was for not only. No, I know. I'm but thank saying. you for bringing balance to that because no, I totally agree with you. You know, mm-hmm. you mentioned um, respect and, and this is something. That's the thing that they need respect. Yeah, I'm going to change, change the topic just a little bit. Uh, I feel like I've talked a lot, but she, <laughs> she's not going to talk. So I'm just going to take mine and hers. Um, the Bible, she's going to own that mic. Yeah. That's, um, the Bible tells men, uh, specifically husbands in it, but men to respect their wives. Not once in the Bible does it tell a man to love his wife. I mean, I've, I've got that backwards. that backwards. Wait, wait, wait. I got that backwards. Sorry, my bad. It tells men to love their wives. Yeah. It tells men <laughs> to love their wives. Mm-hmm. Be, yeah, as Christ loved the church. But it, it doesn't, it, it always tells the men to love their wives. And it always tells the women to respect their husbands. It doesn't, never in there does it tell a woman to love her husband. Because why? We do that naturally. Mm-hmm. Sometimes overboardly. But <laughs> that's what we do. We love, we love and they respect 
they work off of respect. So um, that's why it tells us to respect them because we have a harder time with respect. And I think that's one of the things we can do as women is work on that ounce of respect because nobody wants to be nagged into changed, being changed, Mm -hmm. except Mm -hmm. for maybe a wet baby. They, you can (laughs) nag them into being changed sometimes, but men don't want to be nagged into being changed. Mm -hmm. And that's respecting their space and their time. And, um, (laughs) stop giving Aaron, Aaron. I think going off of that, (laughs) just, uh, hold on, let her get past her crazy marriage part. (laughs) I think kind of the other end of that for me, um, since I do have so many close guy friends, one of my very good friends, he's in the military and he's uh, been stationed in North Carolina and overseas for quite a bit. And I have the utmost respect for our military, nothing against them, but it's a hard environment to be in, um, especially with the brothers and sisters that you are surrounded with, um, you know, you might not always get the best crew around you. And so uh, just, you know, having those little reminders, I'll send him a text or um, if he gets on Facebook and, you know, let him know, hey, I just wanted to let you know, or if I see something on the news, I'm praying for you and your brothers. Um, You know, I'm so proud of you for all that you're doing. And I hope you're doing okay. Just know that, you know, we're standing behind you and we love you and support you. Um, And he's never really been like, he, he knows who God is, but he's never been, like, a church-going person, outspoken, anything like that. And the other day, he texted me, and he was like, hey, Aaron, I hope you're doing okay. And we got to talking, and he's like, would you mind sending me any of your, like, you know, cowboy church type research, you know, social media platforms or podcasts, mm. things like that? I was like, I would love to. Mm. And so I think just being there for them. And, and praying for them, but also letting them know that you're yeah, thinking of them and good. praying, you know, over them. I think that that is, mm-hmm. like, one of the most powerful things that we can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you think, Shelps? Mm. <laughs> Not right off the top of my head. Yeah. I think what I keep hearing, too, is that we need to make space for them to be men and to lead does that make sense i don't know and yeah and because i feel like we can step in we can squish our way in (laughs) or push them back or christy had a good analogy that she was like i don't know if i should share this tonight but i liked it and i thought it made sense so if you want to give her the mic back again, sorry, Erin. <laughs> Just keep it. We'll give her Shelby's. So you're going back to Christy Land again, and I live in this very. It's it's fine. It's it's. So I have this. I have She's to stand, stand up. up. I have to stand up for this because I'm like visual. Okay. So my theory, and this is my theory. It's it's based on some biblical principles, and it's based on on my life. I I have a son. I was divorced. I was married for 19 years and divorced. I did a lot of things wrong in that marriage. Um, I put him on a pedestal, and I put him I put him up so high because he's the man. He can do this. He can do all that. He should be doing this. But dude, at some point you got to fall off there. Like you got to be careful, right? Give them space to not be Superman because they're not. 
they're human. But anyway, totally different thing. But here's my, here's my thing. I think if we as women take our rightful place biblically, and you do the research on that so you know where you're supposed to be, that if we walk behind our fathers, our husbands, whoever it is that is the man. I, I do it with my son. I don't know if I'm supposed to. Maybe it puts too much pressure on him. I should ask him that. But anyway, um, I call it the half a step behind theory. Because from a half a step behind, like the women's rights puts you out here equal, right? Okay, so you're a half a step behind the man. And from that position, he can do what he is called to do. He can protect. He can lead. He can see what's coming. He can do what God has given him divinely to be able to do. That's their jobs. They are um, protectors and leaders, and they look out for danger and all that stuff. And if I'm a half a step behind, he can get me. If there's danger coming, he's got me. If there's um, anything like that, he's got me. But I am still close enough to him that I complete him. I, like in a marriage, I complete him because I could get off on a tangent on the women submit to their husbands because it doesn't mean submit. It means complete. It means fight for. If you look that up in the Greek and the Hebrew, it means complete and fight for, just so you know. Um, so, But if I'm that close to him, then then I can do what I'm supposed to do for him too. I'm not out of communication with him. I can complete him. I can be what I am supposed to be as a praying wife. I'm close enough. So that half a step behind lets him do his job and lets me do my job. Right? And we've got God in the middle. So not only are we tightly knit and tightly bound to who we're walking with, we've got God in the middle. So it's a force that cannot be reckoned with if we use that in the way it is designed. Mm-hmm. That's good. Sorry. No, that was good. <laughs> yeah, like I have to, I have to do the thing. <laughs> so I have two more. I have more books to give away. So can I just give away? You're my books? good. Yeah, go okay. for it. So, so uh, has anybody read um, "Women Are Spaghetti and Men Are, are Waffles"? Okay, who is at home with a bunch of boys? <laughs> like you're married and you have a bunch of boys. Are you at home with a bunch of boys? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. this book. This book tells you that men are like waffles, and they keep everything in a box. Okay, they have a box for everything. And if they get more than two boxes open at a time, like if they come home and they still have the work box open, and you open the kid box, and then you try to open the wife box, meltdown, two boxes. Oh, my gosh. That just explains so much in one (laughs) sentence. Yeah. Two two boxes. And women are like spaghetti. My mind is blown. Like, we can't shut anything off. Women are like spaghetti. So our our world is, like, all intertwined. We're at work thinking about the kids. We're at work thinking about everything. We're like a bowl of spaghetti, and it's always doing this. And men yeah. look at us, and they're like, can you stop? No, it's touching. It's all touching. <laughs> <laughs> what? The grocery list and what's for dinner and who's going to pick them yeah, up. Yeah, it's all touching. We're women. We're like yeah. spaghetti. Who? You have a house full of boys? You have a house full of boys. You have yeah. Nick and Cash and, and Uriah's on the way. Have you read this book? Uh, the, the, the waffle book. Okay. And spaghetti. <laughs> it will make uh, even more sense if we they, get the hockey kids only, back next they year. They only sent me one um, workbook, so you oh. can have the workbook. Cool. But, yeah, nice. that's a game changer. If you have men and you want to understand the way they think a little bit, um, it's written by some wonderful Christian people, and uh, it's amazing. Hmm. Oh, I have more books. 
I have one more book. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, who, you have this book? Who is, and we haven't spent much time on husbands and wives no, and, and, and looking for dating, but who is uh, looking to get married? Okay. This book is called Lady in Waiting, and it's about preparing you to be the person that you need to be without putting that on him. Does that make sense? Because you you have to, that's the thing, right? Like I'm single, I'm 53. Have you tried dating at 53? Yeah, that bite. Um, But you have to be, you have to be the person that God has called you to be in order to find the right person for you. So clearly I'm still not there yet because still single. Well, with that, I think, I think like I would love to open it up to pray. And if there's anybody in here that specifically needs prayer, like, I don't know if anybody's open to sharing or just be like, Hey, can you pray for me on this one? Like, I think we could just kind of go through and we'll pray. Give her the mic. Stop it. <laughs> Stop giving I it think, back. I think I think forgiveness <laughs> is a big thing um, for all of us because I think we've accepted things that we shouldn't have accepted from men in our lives. And I think we've given things to men that we should have never given because we were not in a good place and we were mean. So I think we need to forgive ourselves for that. And we probably need to forgive some of the men in our lives as well. So I think mm-hmm. if you're open for it, I think prayers for forgiveness would be amazing. Yeah. Is there anybody... Just hold that mic. And then is there anybody like specifically or anybody is like, hey, would you pray over this? Like I'm healing, um, anything. My brother-in-law needs to run and run fast. Oh. She's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, if he is married, I'm still going to pray for marriage to be okay. redeemed. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm like, hold on. I'm, I'm still going to be praying for that. <laughs> okay. All right. Anybody else? You don't have to, or you can come up to me later and we'll talk. I will totally pray for anybody that yeah. pray for. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm just going to like say this up front. We might continue this. I think it's nice outside still. So we'll try to move out that way so we can let Ty go home at a decent time tonight. So. Um, okay. Well, anybody else going, going, <laughs> is there anything that we addressed, didn't address that anybody really wanted to talk about? Because yeah, I'll talk to you in the parking lot. <laughs> I don't know all the answers, <laughs> but, but this is a big deal for women. So mm-hmm. yeah. Elaine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. That's the prophesying, like Candace was talking yeah. about, prophesying good well, things over them. I think that's so good. And, like, and we touched on it, too, of, like, the prayers that you prayed, that they came true and that God answered them. And he may have not answered them in the timing that you wanted them. He may have not answered them in the way that you wanted them to. And so many times I know that um, I had a family member that, I mean, gosh, like, I just wanted him to get right with God and just, like, turn and just start following God so bad. And I finally had to come to the realization that, like, I can't be his savior. And I can't, I probably am not going to be the one to lead him to Christ. But I can pray for the right people to cross his path to be, yes. And now, like, looking back, I'm like, God, you answered every single prayer. And, like, he's got amazing people in his life, and he's on the right path. And, his, and, and like, you know, yes, things are still going to be hard, and he's going to go through ups and downs. But he's in such a better place, and, like, God answered every one of our prayers for that. So, like, if you have a person in your life that you're like, I don't ever see this working out. I don't ever see them coming around. Like, God's, God's way better than what you can ever expect. And so just keep praying. Faithfulness is keep praying. Like, keep pushing. Like, what do they say? Pray until something happens. Like, that's what being faithful is. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I agree. Yeah. That, yeah, I totally agree. That's why I said, like, my son is a son now, yeah. you know, but he's going to be a husband, and he's going to have to know how to carry himself, and he's going to have to know all those things. Like that book, Love and Respect, I can't remember who I gave that to. It's the most phenomenal book in the world and absolutely changed my relationship with my son. And it's probably a marriage book, but <laughs> absolutely changed my relationship with my son. Yeah. It makes that space. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, they don't just magically start working off the respect when they turn 22. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. it's, it's their whole life. It's, mm -hmm. how, it's how God designed them. Otherwise, you wouldn't have told us to respect them. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Because it's for hard to change if you wrap it up. Absolutely. Did you have something?
Yes, I agree 100%. That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, you hear a lot about like the father daughter dances and they get the pictures, and daddy comes and he gets the corsage and picks her up to go to the dance, and that. But you don't hear as much about like father son bonding. I mean, it yeah. just kind of happens naturally mm-hmm. with, you know, dad takes him fishing or goes hunting, or but not. That doesn't, there's not always that father figure. There's not always that role model that can take on mm-hmm. teaching the kid how to change oil, how to change a tire, how to take him hunting, fishing, things like that. Um, we have some friends actually organize an event like that, and it's mm-hmm. like a father-son kind of a camping trip thing, and mm-hmm. they go and they teach the kid how to start a fire and do those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So those are yeah. resources. Like if you hear of those, like kind of mm-hmm. bonding, mentorship mm-hmm. type things, yeah. Boy, boys or girls, you know, mm-hmm. having role models both, you know, male and female, mm-hmm. God created us equally to, to be, you know, helpmates. Mm-hmm. You kind of need both sides of the personality mm-hmm. to be well-balanced, right? Yeah. So hearing about kind of those sorts of events, whatever it is to yeah, groom good. our kids with is, you know, stuff we should share with each other. Let me know what's going on too. I watched a movie the other night with Sheridan. Has anybody seen Chasing Mavericks? Yes. It came out a while ago. It's like a surfing movie um, and it's a true story. And the like it is such a such a beautiful story of like a man stepping into a role. He didn't have to be a father to this kid. He was a neighbor to him and just how he stepped into that. So if you guys see Chasing Mavericks on any of your streaming or whatever, you should watch it and you'll cry because I cried and Sheridan just stares at me. She's like, you cry at every movie. <laughs> so good. She'll get it someday. I know. Yeah. She doesn't cry at all. I'm like, why aren't you crying? What's wrong with you? <laughs> 